Hello, thanks for turning in. You're listening to Unscripted Podcast, I think we're called. Something like that. Unscripted Gaming. Yeah, that. Uh, my name is Ray. You darn fu- My name is Mike. All right, and uh, we're it's here. Been a minute, it's been a minute for me. I think I haven't been on the podcast since eh, the last three months. Because uh, we had one in between that. Then we had the podcast that got accidentally deleted by Mike. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but still i want to take a moment i see the numbers and i thank everyone that always takes a moment to listen it's not like a huge uh gaggle of people that listen but sometimes we spike up to where like oh my gosh like 200 people listen sometimes it's low where it's like oh my gosh like five people listen but that's okay i appreciate every single time someone takes absolutely a we listen. we certainly do and uh yeah that's just you know uh it sure is cool to have other people listen. So, if yeah. you are listening to this, thank you, and we sure appreciate the love. Really do, really, really do. Like, comment, and subscribe. I mean, it goes without saying. I think. Uh, so and since I've been gone for a while, I wanted to fire off. Real quick. I can breathe for the first time. <laughs> I, I want to go through like all the games I played in the last three months. Uh, Rapid fire. Yep, rapid fire. All right. Um, because, ready, set, go. Because I never have before, I played through every single main title Mega Man games. Mega Man 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And recently, I bought and then completed Mega Man 11. If you ever want to know my thoughts and feelings on the Mega Man games, www.stanhisup.com. Go to my blog. If, if, if you want to know my thoughts and feelings on those games. I... Mostly, most are good. I don't think I've ever played a Mega Man game. I've always wanted to give them a shot just because, you know, they're, they've been around for years. It's just now celebrating this 30th anniversary, and Mega Man 11 just came out, and I saw really good reviews on it. So I thought, well, let me do the series right. Let me go ahead and go back and play all of them. You can just buy them in the Legacy Collection. They come mm-hmm. in, like, packs of four or six each. And, uh... Some of them are a pain in are a pain in the ass. I'm gonna watch my language here. We can't say f bombs or anything like that, or else uh, some of our places flag us. But uh, they're good. And Mega Man Eleven, the recent one, really good. Um, I played and beat the Messenger, which uh, beautiful. I wish uh, Josh was here. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, Josh is absent right now. A little bit of you know life things, but he should be life back happening. The next one. Uh, sorry about that. I should have mentioned that at the very beginning. Apologies, apologies. Uh, but I wanted to mention The Messenger because it's a Metroidvania game, and it's a really good one. I think Josh would appreciate it. Uh, it's a Metroidvania where you play as a ninja, and it has infinite lives, which is always nice. Um, and I heard that game does some interesting stuff with like the art and gameplay styles. I don't want to spoil it, but it really, really yeah, does. Yeah, I heard it gets neat, so... It's a really good game. Um, it has some like, okay, so it has one painful thing that's in the game, and there's like a little collectible mini game that you could do where you get forty-four of a thing and you get a super secret item. Don't do that, everyone listening to the podcast. Do not do that. It's the item is not worth it. It's a waste of your time. Just play the game normally, beat the game, get the normal ending. You're gonna be good. Uh, who here likes Undertale? Do you like Undertale? I enjoyed Undertale. I thought it was one of the best games ever made, uh, personally speaking. 
Uh, Toby Fox released a survey on Halloween. And when you took this survey, it actually turned into uh, the sequel to Undertale, Del- Deltarune. Um, so you could go play chapter one of that. I played that. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because it's an Undertale type of game and talking about it even a little bit kind of spoils it. But, uh, damn, it sounds is like it this rad. is just the, the first, uh, ch- like chapter of it. Like it's, this isn't yeah. the whole game, correct? Uh, it's definitely not the whole game. It, no, it's only like three to four hours long. So it's probably like chapter one of maybe three. Because the first Undertale game is like about nine hours long if you go for the best ending. Uh, but what I've played it here, it is a excellent, excellent game. Absolutely excellent. Like definitely you can feel that this is a sequel to Undertale. And uh, it, hmm. even the music. You know, I love the uh, soundtrack to Undertale. I have it still on my phone as one of my most The Undertale novels. soundtrack is very good. Mm, Toby Fox himself makes it. Damn, he's an Artor. Man. And he does it again with Deltarune. Mm. Yeah, yeah, if you've got like three hours to spare at any point during this uh, uh, holiday weekend, Mike, you know, not spending time with the family and whatnot. But if you find yourself bored, go download Deltarune. And it's free. That's like the best thing. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. He could have charged five bucks for this, but it's completely for free. What can I say? Um, And occasionally from... Time to time, I fire up a little uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z and Destiny Two. Ah, yes, 2018's Game of the Year and another good game. Hmm. I want to know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Dragon Ball, as 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 has this is the official pos- position of this pod podcast. We've already determined that Dragon Ball Fighters is the game of the year. Is the game of the year? This has already been determined. Destiny's in a great spot. I think it's the best it's ever been, to be honest. But it's not the game of the year. That's fair. That that's fair. Uh, Mike, what games are you playing lately? Uh, well, I've still been, you know, still been hitting my Destiny. Uh, I did the raid since we last recorded, and that is uh, it's a really fun raid. What's what's the name of it? Uh, Last Wish. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, it's. I think some of the it has some of my favorite Destiny raid encounters. Um, out of all of the raiding I've done in Destiny, like just like there's this one, the second one, uh, the fight against Shirochi, is like it's you know you're fighting just waves of bad guys, but then there's also high speed puzzle solving in a panicked scenario, and like there's parts where everyone has to like kind of swap off if something's not right, and it's uh. It's kind of like a weird race uh, against time, and it's really, it's really cool. And like the final boss itself is really epic in scope and design, so I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, but we, I don't know, but I've been playing another game, mm-hmm. and I'm still going through it. What game is that? But I, I. I am so conflicted about this game. This is what I think it is. It's a game called Red Dead Redemption 2. You want to get into that? Why don't we get into Red Dead Redemption 2? Let's go ahead and segue into Red Dead Redemption 2. So, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a sequel to Red Dead Redemption, which is a game about cowboys. 
You don't say. <laughs> and the end of the West. The Dead of Redemption 2 is... Like I said, I'm still playing through this game. But I've been playing for probably at least... 20-some hours, I guess. No, I don't know if that's up in that much. But um, I've been playing it for a good bit. I'm on Chapter 4 of the game right now. Out of, like, 7 total, I think. Oh, okay. I was told the game takes, like, 20 hours to beat. Uh, it, it can, if you really beeline it. Okay. Um, okay, so you're enjoying it. That's the thing. I, I, this game is just goes so back and forth for me sometimes. Yeah. Like just visually, like visually the game is an undeniable masterpiece. Like the environment work is just stunningly gorgeous. It's incre it's like incredible that, you know, it sounds like my PS4 is about to take off and, you know, break the sound barrier when I play it sometimes, but <laughs> It's like the like the environments are beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um the character animations and characters themselves are pretty good. Definitely you can tell when you're talking to someone who is not going to be in another cutscene cuz you're like, "Wow, that character does not look like they really gave that person much thought or time." Oh. <laughs> Like there's like drastic differences in characters. Yeah, models. like oh, okay. Ar like your main character Arthur talking to anybody else, and you're just like, oh, you see the other person, you're just like, oh boy, yeesh. <laughs> so like, visually, it's incredible. I love the music and sound. Like, it, it, they've got a good like kind of old westy, um, like a mo like the, it's not like a Sergio Leone. Uh, or like any of Morricone style kind of Western music, yeah. but it has a lot more like a what a modern, what a, a Western would sound like if it was made in the 2000s. It's got that kind of s soundtrack and it works pretty well. Yeah. Um. But. But. This game just does a lot of things that are just kind of confounding. Mm -hmm. and like it's weird because usually I am as far as going into games like I'm pretty cons I'm usually able to peg down how I feel about something pretty early mm -hmm. uh, and, you know and or, or I feel like it comes together pretty easily but like playing Reddit has been such a hot and cold experience for me like it's been all over the place because like when I'm you know um I'm sorry, I'm just kind of like, like rambling here, but like, so like when I'm off in the environments, like doing my own stuff, kind of, kind of taking in the beauty of the, the world that they built, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, this is kind of neat. But when I'm stuck in a rock star open world ass mission, go to a place, <laughs> horseback ride, horseback ride and chat for five minutes, shoot a bunch of people with a third-person action shooting, with a cover system that is literally worse than Gears of War from 10 yep. years ago. That's what I've heard. Like, it's just... It's crazy that, like, it's... Man, it's just... Like, there's so much I mentioned. Just, like, the the mission formula so far is already getting kind of stale. Yeah. Um, I mean, it... 
they've gotten a little bit more away from like just the gross like rock star cynicism that kind of permeates a lot of their other games that I just think fucking suck. Sorry. Uh, beep. That I just think beep that one. I just think sucks and is not like it. It's like tries to play itself as like it's like South Park. But okay. like it's like yeah, that's what it is. It's just like South Park. It's just like it's not funny. It's like it's like a weird like edgy centrism that I I just I think is like a nihilism way, to it. Yeah, exactly. It just like has nothing like it doesn't like make any kind of larger point. It's just like hey, that sucks, and it's like thanks. Like it's just not helpful or, or like they don't do anything interesting really with it, in my opinion. And they've gotten away from that, mo- like, but it still creeps up every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the character, I think, some of the character stuff has I've enjoyed more uh, than others. Like, I like the main character, uh, but just some of the story stuff just gets bogged down in these missions that just feel all the samey. Yeah. Um, it's still and like it still feels. I mean, I can like wave to people and say hi to them, but it still feels like the only like the world. Like the world is so meticulously crafted, but it still just feels like it's all working in service of me and whether or not I want to shoot it or not. In ways, which is no. Go ahead. I don't, no, no, you go ahead. I've been from what I've heard, from what I've heard of the game, and from what I can kind of infer. It's not so much that you're playing the game, more that you're just experiencing it and constantly trying to maneuver its systems. So, uh, like when someone described to me how it is you have to, like, purchase a cigar, the action of purchasing a cigar in this game, is you go to the general shop. Okay, everything is normal. You have to physically pick up the cigar and add it to your inventory. Like, you make the character model do that. And then you walk to the cash register, and then you take the cigar out of your inventory, and then put it onto the actual, like, uh, the shop counter shop. And then you take the cash out of your pocket. I'm like, I don't want to live real life in a video game. None of that yeah, sounds fun. Like, to be, to be fair, you just have to take it off the shelf. Yeah. You then have to walk around the store to get the rest of the things you want. But, um... Why can't I just talk but to the it's shopkeeper just, and buy That's it? the like thing, is, like, it has, it, I appreciate the crazy lengths they went to make bespoke animations that they probably recorded Arthur opening a door 50 different ways, yeah. uh, or picking up a cigar, like, there's 50 different animations for it. Why? Uh, but that's the thing, is, like, at the end of the day... As I'm playing it, it's not different enough for me to to really register for me, and yeah. it just kind of like sometimes I'm in the mood to kind of like sometimes it kind of works, mm-hmm. um, like to have like kind of that pacing to it, but like in the combat, it just falls apart completely for me. It's just like because you just have to do the wait do the GTA style soft lock onto a guy flick up to headshot him unlock yeah. unlock lock onto the next guy and and like i said like the cover system just is not like these games are very different and are trying to do different things so this is a kind of apples and orange 
apples and oranges comparison. But when I stop playing Red Dead and I start playing Destiny, like yeah. Destiny is a game that is, and they're interesting. Like there's you know not a hyper realism to Destiny, uh, but just no, the the, the, the core just feels really the good core gameplay and shooting itself is so tight and feels like I have feel like I have such control of my character in a way that is feels really 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 good. Yeah. And in Red Dead, I just don't have that. Like I'm, nah. it's I can tell Arthur to start running, but he has like the wind up, or I can like tell Arthur to take cover, but he has to. Like it's just it, it's not. There's just like that that realism is sac like the realism that they've achieved in a lot of the game through like the animations and the visuals and like the pacing of the everything, is remarkable. It's very unique. It's. But, it but just, you have to ask it, like, at what cost? Like, yeah. is this worth it? Is this fun? Yeah, and it just, at the it, again, like, at the end of the day, it just leads to a game that just kind of feels really stuck in 2011. Oof, ouch. And... Oof, Oof. you heard it Especially, like, and, and kind of all of this stuff is colored, like, you know, maybe unfairly to the the game itself, but like all of this is you know colored by all the like, kind of the labor news fallout that we talked about last time, where it's just like, oh, we spent you know hundreds of hours recording different ways to for this guy to say, I have a snake bite, help me. But it just <laughs> it, it it's just like it feels like why were you spending all this time doing this when the core game just doesn't feel tight at all it, it's not so much a bragging point that your horse's testicles shrink in the cold when the game itself is a chore to play yeah like and that, that's not a brag point at that point or, and it's, it's like, like okay the, you're, yeah and it's like the off. writing and he's talking about like the writing team you know oh we we, we you know spent like a hundred hours a week like polishing you know the writing and it's just like well a lot of the writing is like the pacing of the story is just Oh, it doesn't feel like a hundred hours. Uh, like it's it's seriously it is uh, can be such a drag. Like I'm kind of forcing myself to just beeline it because I know if I like do any like side stuff, I'm just gonna fall off the wagon. That's just kind of how I, I don't know. Like part of me thinks like I you know I really enjoyed the first Red Dead, <laughs> but like you know I bounced pretty hard off the Witcher uh, series. Part I of me bounced just, after like, the first game. It's like maybe I'm just like not really these games just aren't for me anymore. But part of me is just like, no, the the pacing on the story is just not it's okay there. To say the and game's like, not good. <laughs> you know, you know, again, this is un- a little unfair. But like, I saw a mid game spoiler for something I haven't seen happen yet, and I was like, oh, well, that actually sounds interesting. It's good to know that that this is like going somewhere, because <laughs> it also doesn't help that it's kind of like retreading the same thematic ground as the first Red Dead, which is about, like, oh, the end of the Wild West is, like, a myth or whatever. And this game is, like, about the exact same stuff. So it's, like... Uh, I? I mean, it's, I've like, again, actually... they're doing it, like, pretty well in some cases, but it's just, like, oh, like, Cowboy in the Big City, this feels weird. But, like, it's the same thing, so it's... Man, it's... Sorry. But it's just, like... There's some really high highs I'm having with this game, but just sometimes just it. Uh... I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I never beat the first Red Dead. I got like three hours in and then bounced off of it. 
because I just wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. Do I need to beat the first Red Dead to appreciate this one? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I mean, some of the characters, because um, it is the same kind of crew, like yeah. Dutch Vanderlyn's gang. So some of the characters you might recognize. Um, mm. But I wouldn't say it's mandatory. I mean, it might, like, it, it, that's one, like, Honestly, having played Red Dead, one of my favorite things is your character's interaction with, like, kind of the almost sibling kind of like uh, relationship he has with John Marston, which is kind of interesting, but it just, oh boy. Um, like, it's just really interesting. I guess, I I feel like, it's. I don't know if I've ever had... I'm trying to think about like a game where I've been so like bipolar about my thoughts on it at this point. I mean, I'm still kind of playing through it, but, um, but you just said like, if you do a side quest and it's not interesting enough, you're bouncing. Yeah. And it's, so it's really, again, like I'll, I'll keep you guys, guys posted on, but on it, but it's just, it, it, I, I think it, like I said, it just, a lot of this stuff is just, just feels kind of, it's, the, I appreciate it, and it's, mm. but I don't know if I'm enjoying playing it. Yeah, like it's pretty uh, good, but it's just, just that sometimes it just feels like I don't have control, which is just not fun, and kind of takes away that, from everything else. I know you listen to Giant Bob, and I know definitely Josh listens to Giant Bomb as well. I actually haven't listened to an episode of Giant Bomb in, I want to say, like, seven or eight months now. Uh, just because I realized that, like, me and the Giant Bomb crew have, like, completely different opinions on, like, what makes a solid game or game uh, marketing opinions. And that's fine. And some of their podcasts are, like, extremely long, like, knocking on the door two hours. But apparently Dan Riker, who's kind of, like, the clown of both Giant Bomb and Beastcast. Uh, You're not wrong. He's a great guy, though. Yeah, he, he is. And his Twitter is, if you don't follow at Dan Riker, you get some, like, hilarious insights into his life. And some of them are great. His whole incident where he's, like, questioning his Twitter followers. There's been a frozen pizza in my refrigerator for, like, 11 months. Should I eat it? It was frozen. I think it's good. And, like, people just saying, listen, man, you'll die if you ate that thing. And then he ate it. <laughs> and he got sick. Uh... <laughs> Oh, Dan. <laughs> Classic. Classic Dan. Anyways, so he's like very jovial and he likes a lot of different games. He hates Red Dead Redemption 2. He like, apparently, um, I listened to this via proxy. He just railed on it for like 10 plus minutes. And that's and, kind of surprising. And I think having heard a lot of that, like having heard his kind of thoughts on it, I'm st- again, I'm still working my way through it. Uh, yeah. But I think... A lot of I I kind of get where he's coming from with a lot of stuff, because um, it's just like like the story stuff is is it just kind of comes back to the problem of creating narrative urgency like because you can't really create too much urgency in the story of an open world game because then people will won't want won't check out any of the side stuff you did. Sure. But then if you don't do it, then it's just like, well, I guess I'm just... Then you just lose interest in doing anything. Just like, then you just meander or something. And then again, like, just 
the game. It, it's just like again, it's just, they probably went overboard with bespoke animations and how that impacts the gameplay. And then again, especially just in context, the labor is just really colors all this stuff in a really kind of negative light. Can we segue into something that we missed last time? Uh, yes. We did the podcast. Um, I don't know if we talked about this or if you and Josh talked about this, even though I edited the episode. Uh, so excuse me. It's been a month. I forgot. Did you guys tell talk about the Telltale Studio shutdown? I think we had... I can't remember if we touched on it specifically, but as that that is a pretty good segue because uh, yeah. speaking of labor issues in uh, recent studios, Telltale. The I team realize, that has, sorry about that. No, go ahead. I realize this is like hyper old news. Like it's knocking on the door of like two months old, and you know we haven't been able to record for a while. Been busy. Apologies, all you lovely listeners. But uh, this, this like is weighs heavy on my heart also because I knew a, a number of people that worked at that uh, studio over in the Bay Area. And what hurts the most is the stories that are coming out of the studio and then the confirmation from Telltale themselves saying like people had 30 minutes from like we are shutting the studio down like an all hands meeting. We're shutting the studio down. You have 30 minutes to clear your stuff out. And then that's it. And then the worst part is like, don't get me wrong, that happens. Um, But there's no severance. There's no back pay. There's no extra checks on top of that. Your health care stops within like, I think they said like three days or a week or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the studio just immediately filed for both bankruptcy and liquidation. So bad to the point where... The liquidators, and this is actually just horrible from an artistic standpoint, removing Telltale games from Steam because Telltale doesn't have the license to afford it to keep them on Steam anymore. And you're like, oh my gosh, what? Who ran this company into the dirt and beyond? What what happened there? And then you do some research into finding out what happened. You're like, oh, I see. Okay horrible miserable mm-hmm. money management just and, and this has started the conversation very strongly the telltale studio uh just debacle of a studio shutdown combined with like the whole thing of uh red dead redemption uh that senior writers saying like yeah we worked 100 hours plus every single week no don't brag about that sir that's not br- i get it he's coming from like one of the old guard in video games where it's like that was something to brag about because that shows how dedicated to the industry that you are. But in 2018, when like yeah. you, you realize how volatile your job is in the game industry. I know a lot. I work in the game industry knowing that my job is volatile. That is the gamble I take for the career that I have. But everyone needs to realize it is not worth so much of your time, your energy, your life live your life don't don't throw everything at it like that and him to say what was that little uh piece he said no i i meant only me and three other senior staff writers were working on it everyone else isn't required to work that hard yeah that and it's piece like, of mm, mm. and that's like that's kind of, i think that's i think in some of that you can kind of see in red dead itself because like 
with some, with like how they were making decisions about the game, like in the months up to release and creating major changes. It's mm-hmm. just like at the end of the day, it was just bad. It's bad project management. Like yeah, it's, it's if, horrible. Like you can make a game to like if you want to set a goal to um, you know have people work normal hours and. You can plan. Be- you can just plan for that, and then, uh, and there's ways to manage that. Like studios do it. Um, I want to be fair and say, like, I think most people at Rockstar, like the vast mature majority of people that were working on the game, probably had normal hours. Um, the people that probably got like the shaft were the artists, definitely the animators, uh, and. 100% the QA team. I, there's not a doubt in my mind the mm-hmm. QA team was there like 100 hour weeks. The, the, I There's just no question. And that's kind of how the game industry is because uh, I think I explained this. Uh, we have like a private chat where me, Josh, and Michael just talk about video gaming. Uh, the, it's like this unfortunate thing that... Yeah, QA gonna, is so... Q, it's It, it so, gets shafted. It's bad. Uh, because it's an entry-level job, and sometimes it's it's literally the job that is the most expendable, unfortunately. So it's like, are you working hard? If not, you're out. You could be replaced quite easily. That's horrible. That sucks. Um, so, of course, like because of that, the talk of video game unionization is hot on everyone's lips. Uh. Yeah, because, yeah, again, it's just like, especially like looking at Rockstar, you know, it had one of the most successful entertainment, it had the most successful entertainment launch in history. Yeah. And I just have a feeling that there are some people who are going to be compensated incredibly well for that. And yeah. the vast majority of the people who worked on that game and, Spent a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time on it. Are not going to see nearly the amount that they deserve for that. Yeah, if there are not half, literally the most, I think you said it, uh, the most profitable or the most successful piece of media ever released on planet Earth ever. I think it was when I was reading this like verbose article uh, mm-hmm. as a, at a launch, and you're like, okay, so the employees are going to be taken care of i hope for this because damn damn yeah basically yeah again so the ceo of take two is going to be just fine yeah oh he's always but been fine it's uh <laughs> it's yeah if you if you're launching the most successful uh uh entertainment piece of anything ever yeah, you can probably spare a little bit of time for people to not crunch themselves into oblivion. It's kind of hard if to you, like say if how you have the uh, if you want if you want to have if you want to basically it's just like if you want to avoid crunch, you can avoid it. It's not a necessary evil, like some people try to say it is. Like I get like you know so as a years of a little bit of natural pressure that comes up to a deadline, but. You can fight like you can if you want to do the the responsible managerial work to avoid that. You can do it, and if your and if your management can't be trusted to implement that, then you should unionize and force them to reckon with that. Yep, get a seat at the table. It, it, 
I, you know what? The time is nigh. There are unions in the film industry. There are unions in uh, TV. There are unions in music. Uh, video, the video game industry makes too much money not to have unions. It, it's it, exactly. it's time. It's way past time. Speaking of evil. Oh. Want to talk about uh, Diablo Immortal? Not really, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were about to go in on the Game Awards, but... Oh, that's a different sort of evil. That, that's a new type of evil. There's, there, we could keep Diablo Immortal like really short. I think... I wanted to write a blog post on this. Uh, on my professional blog. But uh, when it came right down to it, like one day I would... If they offered me, I wouldn't mind working at Blizzard. And I don't want to like badmouth them too harshly. Especially Wyatt Cheng, who got up there and just had to face the what would you call that just face the wind the cold winter of everyone's of gamer rage again (sighs) my secret evil plan is to you know i think some of the gamer rage is justified in this case i'm gonna be honest i think uh I, i i i'm with him on that but my my goal is to just Harness my supervillain plan is just to harness the sheer intensity of gamer rage <laughs> and channel it towards like the destruction of capitalism. I don't mind capitalism that much. I, I mind late stage capitalism. How's that? Did you know that if we end capitalism, there won't be any more horse microtransactions? I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to debate. See, that. and then they're just like, and see, and then all of a sudden, and then, then the means of production, the means by which we game for ourselves and for our people, will once again belong to us. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike has gone full communist. <laughs> yeah. The proletariat. <laughs> but, but um, I would say, and I, uh, one of my good friends works at Blizzard. I actually, I have several friends that work at Blizzard, but I got to meet one of them this. Uh, past couple weekends ago and I talked to him about like what happened at BlizzCon and we talked about Diablo Immortal and we could both agree like if you're going to announce a treasured series that hasn't had a sequel in eh, five to six years if you're going to announce that as like your flagship mobile title at what's let's face it a player made event where you're just catering to fans of your yeah. company's games maybe maybe you don't maybe you just yeah. throw that like, out at like a, at E3 or something like that I, I am know. I would very much play a new Diablo I'm a bit, I really enjoy Diablo yeah I also understand that yeah again if you're gonna have a fan event dedicated to basically just like coming up with cool announcements about prop blizzard stuff yeah maybe that's not the best time to announce a like a a, chinese made mobile game (laughs) a mobile game for a audience that is paying to go to a convention about yeah this about pc gaming company like honestly i wonder how much this would be an issue how much is how big this story would be if they flipped the Warcraft Classic announcement, like the Warcraft 3 remaster, and yeah. the Diablo news, like part of me thinks it would is it was just intensified because 
Diablo was like the last thing that they talked about. Yeah, it was the marquee thing they talked about. It was like, yeah. this is the big event. And then it was like, Chinese-made mobile game with microtransactions. Like, Oof. like Oof. just put that earlier in the show. Because it's just like psychology of how you build something like that. Like it's just, yeah, it's the re- it yeah. I don't know. Just they could have been if, if they were unsure did. of that announcement. Then just or were worried how it was going to play. They had already put up that blog post that was like, "Hey, don't expect Diablo 4. Then they just said, like that, yeah, yeah, like just then don't then just move it. Yeah. On the other hand, mm-hmm. if this does not appeal to you as a I'm gamers, let's pull mm-hmm. up a chair. <laughs> this does not appeal to you. Mm-hmm. Don't play it. I agree. Just, like, that's all please, you have to do. You know what? I, I'm going to implore people for everyone that doesn't like what they announce at BlizzCon for Diablo Immortal. Do yourself and do the industry at whole a favor and don't play it then. That's the yeah. only way everything changes. Just the, don't play it. Don't play it. Do you know what? Be, is gonna be not... mad about it. Fine, be mad. Keep it, keep it in check. If you need to, you need to vent, go to the YouTube video and hit the download button. Might as well. It's the second most downloaded video on YouTube. <laughs> it really is. That's kind of funny. <laughs> but yeah, just, you know... Just say, go on Reddit and say, I disagree with this. Yeah, go. But don't go. Please, you know, be gentle in your criticisms. Yeah, there are people. You don't have to go and, like, if you're, if you, it's like, if you got a bad burger at a restaurant one time, Mm -hmm. don't, please don't follow the chef to his home and yell at him through the window. Don't do that. (laughs) Just don't go there anymore. That's all you have to do. Leave a bad review on Yelp. Sure. Do, do, do that. Do that. Drink a glass of wine while you're doing it. South Park reference. Yeah. Just don't play it. I got to say. Um, if you're really upset speaking, about it, that's where it'll count. And then just flip. And I bet there's a bunch of other Diablo-like games that you haven't tried that uh, might be worth your time. So. Uh, I would highly recommend probably Path of Exile. Give that a shot. Uh, granted, it's not a mobile title, but it's something. Um, my man, uh, moving on from Diablo Immortal, I wanted to talk about EA um, real quick. Just like two minutes of your time. All right. Uh, I'm not bit buying Battlefield 5 day one. I want to, but I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. And the reason is, is EA is still in a lawsuit with a, the sovereign country of Belgium to sell loot boxes in Belgium. because Belgium I know, they're loot. not even a megacorp. You can't, like, sue a country. If you, Amazon can sue a country, for all I care. You just have to... Uh, ha- but EA is not a true megacorp. So, me and my manager at work, we got into this exact same, like, conversation, and we did the calculations... If EA truly wanted to, they could buy Belgium. Like EA. No, they, that's not. That's ludicrous. You can't just. They, they don't they, have the. They would. They. They don't just have EA like liquid capital to do that. That's a, what a loot. 
there are some companies that make more money than sovereign nations. And this happens to that be one true. of them. That, this, this now, happens. if you told me Amazon could would buy Belgium, I'd be like, eh, maybe. I don't know if EA could do it, though. Uh, if you were to factor in all, if EA was to like buy back all of their stocks and uh, move around a lot of their liquid capital, they could technically buy the country of Belgium, or they could put an offer on the table. Belgium could just tell them no, of course. <laughs> Blank check. You know, we're only about like we're only about like ten years away from this like actually happening. So, oh, don't tell me that. That's such a dystopian nightmare. Yeah. Rhodesia I mean, presented by Verizon. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Amazon oh, Mexico. Oh, oh no! That could happen. That actually could happen. That's a parallel universe where that exists. Mm, okay. All right. I hate Moving it. Moving on. Uh, so I. Can we talk about the game awards now? We have to talk about the game awards, and we have to talk about why I'm personally pissed off about the game awards okay so for those who don't know the game awards are i guess technically the closest thing it's not really like the oscars like there isn't like well how do because the winner of each category is just a public vote once you have the nominees but i believe the nominees are determined by like industry journalists if I... I actually don't know how the nominees are determined now why don't I, I just, no here idea. why don't you stall while I uh, look up the about section of the game awards too I want okay I'll stall by bringing up the biggest travesty of the game awards and we know what I'm talking about GF Keeley listen here man we need to talk Dorito Pope all right that's that's really unfair and I realize and he said in multiple interviews he actually does regret having to do that. In case you guys don't know, being surrounded by bags of Doritos and Mountain Dews promoting Halo, I think it was Halo 4. Uh, And he was a game, he still is a games journalist. Uh, So obviously that looks miserable and that's why they called him the Dorito Pope. But he did in like, I think it was 2015, say that I want to bring back the Game Awards and to bring it as like this, uh, the video game industry's Oscars. And to represent the video game industry uh, as a valid medium to those at large, to investors, to people that play games, to people that have a passing interest in games. And you know what? As someone that was just entering the video game industry, I took that to heart. Now, well, I took that back. I had been there for like a couple of years at that point. But I took that to heart and said, yeah, man, go for it. Go ahead and show people what you need to do. And in 2015, it was fine. Then 2016 happened, and we have... The one, the only, I might post a picture here for the YouTube, the shicked Hydrobot! <laughs> Hydrobot! <laughs> Walking around in all of his mechanical razor bladed glory. Must shave. Also, p- the Schick Hydrobot fighting game. And it was at that point I decided I'm never going to believe a word Jeff Kelly says ever again. <laughs> like you, you let me down, my man. You. Well, I mean, the nice thing is that is that Sh- Shik Hydro has some good uh, 
Uh, has some good mid-range game and can 2-H right into the Mr. Clean DHC, so... I I understood everything you said. That I mean, I, it didn't actually make any sense, but I just wanted to put as much jargon as possible. I know, so. I know where you were going with it, though. So... Okay. They're, they're, By they're the pushes. way... Yeah. So, yeah. there are... Uh, the Game Awards, the nominees, are selected by an international jury of 69. Nice. Global media and influencer outlets. Is that influencer us? Influencer outlets. I mean, I take you by invitation. Did you get your invitation? Hey, Vegeta, are we influencers? <laughs> <laughs> no, Nappa, we're not that big. <laughs> Nappa, stop it. Nappa. Vegeta, <laughs> I'll stop. Okay. Anyways, so. There are 69 individuals who we need to blame for the travesty that has occurred here. I'm yelling into my microphone. I apologize. Ray, I would like to read you the uh, nominees for Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Again, not quite the Oscars. I mean, this is probably like the Golden Globes of games. I think that would be a fair comparison. So it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Game of the Year. Assassin's right. Creed. Odyssey. Uh, sure, whatever. Celeste. Why is that there? Whatever. God of War. All right. Marvel Spider-Man. Sure. Monster Hunter World. We need to play more of that. That game's really good. That game is really good. Red Dead Redemption 2. Yep. And tragically, there is a conspicuous absence of the actual game of the year it there is no dragon ball fighter z there I, spoiler is alert, there's no dragon ball fighter z mentioned in any category that offends me that offends me deeply not not because it's a fighting game not because it's an anime based fighting game not because it's weeb as hell and it is let's let's not bury the lead that game is fan service the game but because it was the most watched event esports event during Evo 2018 the biggest fighting game tournament of the like, year okay literally the only nomination i think it got was for best fighting game is it actually like, in best fighting game like not for art not for music the music is hit and miss for me in that game. What? How dare you? Yeah, I'm, I'm it's sorry. incredible. I'm sorry. I, are I you like one of the 69? I bet you I, are. No, 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 no. Traitor. No, otherwise I would have, like, you'd see me campaigning to be like, excuse, excuse me, there's no Dragon Ball Fighter Z at Game of the Year. You need to remove Celeste. I, I beat that game, by the way. It's fine. It's good. I don't know why it's... I don't know why Celeste is rubbing shoulders with, like, Spider-Man and Red Dead. I think that's, like, a lost cause. Celeste belongs in, like, best indie game of the year, maybe? I- I'm, wi- I'm willing to give it a vote for that, but... Sorry. What is that doing next to those I things? just, man, I just... I mostly just wanted to la- lament about the, the plebs and the, the, f- the fools... The uneducated drivel who don't understand that the glory of Dragon Ball Fighters because they're fools. Am I actually wrong? Is it actually in the best fighting game category? It is in the best fighting game category. 
okay, that's fair, and it's going to win. Because nothing else came out this year that compares. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, okay, boy. so last last thing we'll talk about. Uh, hey, Mike. There's a new game that came out uh, as of this recording, which is November 20th, uh, about two get- days ago. Okay. It what is, is it, Vegeta? It is... It's Fallout 76. And, uh... I feel like the best take... The best take that tells you all you need to know about this game mm-hmm. that I saw on Twitter came from Alex Navarro of Giant Bomber. He said... Where he said the following, you know, essentially that, uh, wow, it's pretty bold of uh, Bethesda to put the uh, Metacritic score of the game right in the title. That probably is a good hot take, except it's lower. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's just... I don't know... I think they I wish think, they got 76. Like, <laughs> I think they did an okay job of pitching that this was going to be a pretty... Not going to be like a full kind of Fallout single-player experience. Mm-hmm. But take the regular buggy mess of a normal Bethesda game like every Bethesda game that's ever come out and combine that with a bare bones survival game Mm -hmm. and it just sounds like without any of the actual again the larger issue here is that Fallout has actually gotten away from the actual thematic ideas of it that make it interesting yeah because it's supposed to be about the horror of a nuclear apocalypse and it, and now you're like yeah nuking friends oh yeah and the best feedback belief. i ever get from this game is like i had fun with it when i play with my friends okay newsflash alert for everyone that makes that excuse for any bad video game ever everything almost everything Except, unless you're into that, maybe sex is better with friends. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, that that doesn't mean it's... Again, mean you're allowed to enjoy good. bad games. They're just, you know... I, I was telling you guys about this earlier. I played way too much Dynasty Warriors 6 Empires. <laughs> I played way too much of that game. I acknowledge that it is not a good video game. But I played a lot of it because it was really fun. Um. But yeah, it's gonna be really interesting because this is kind of a stopgap between this generation and the next gen, where they're presumably where Starfield is going to be coming out like twenty twenty one or twenty some twenty or something somewhere in the far off future. Here's the current but, Metacritic score th- of the game, if you want to know it. Uh, let me guess. 70. You wish. They wish. Uh, ooh. A boy, uh, okay. Uh, it's pretty bad. These are the professional Metacritic. 42. Not that bad. It's at 49. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> ooh, that's like, ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, no. Oh, no. The most positive review... It got was from Cheat Code Central, which ah yes a... review powerhouse Cheat Code Central. 
dot club or whatever. <laughs> they gave it a 74. Uh, all other so for those of you that don't know you actually have to apply and they actually have to review you to be a official Metacritic reviewer uh, and they'll let you know if you're allowed to be or not they actually do take that semi-seriously uh, I think the lowest score it's gotten from is gotten is from six axis magazine which gave it a 30 uh, the most telling line in it is this game has failed at being fun. Mm. Dang. Yeah, so for everyone who uh, loves a good slow-moving uh, video game shit show, there it is. We've, we've got December's Whipping Boy ready to go. It's going to be a I great wanna, ride, folks. I want to touch on Fallout 76 very briefly. Um, just like some things that are just like damning. So, one, uh, it's been confirmed that bugs that were left in Fallout 4 are still in Fallout 76. Just, oh. to oh. <laughs> Just to prove how much of a very quick port job that this was. Um, there is no protected server uh, or a client-side protection for this game. The game is purely uh, based on all client calculations, not server calculations. For those of you that are curious what, that, what the hell that actually means, uh, if everything is client-based, that means that we'll take my computer. Me and Mike are playing Fallout 76 together. The game has client-based connections. That means whatever my computer says is true. So if I'm hacking and modding, Everything that my computer says is true, Mike's computer has to agree that the hacks and mods are true. When you do server-based calculations, the server says, no, you're cheating, you're booted from the game. By the way, Fallout 76 has no hack protection. It also has no cheat protection. It also is uh, very, very insecure in that someone, once again, client-side protect, uh, is not client-side protected. I could trace Mike's IP address and DDoS him if I, like, Oh, you you have a gun. You just shot me. Well, hope you didn't like being on the internet anymore today. <laughs> you could do that. That realistically exists in the game. Then there's the unfortunately awful server architecture. Three people synced up and launched nukes, launch, uh, which you could do in the game. I'll get into the nukes thing. When three people launch nukes, uh, they crash the entire server architecture for Fallout 76. That's a day after a day after launch. <laughs> Just uh, again, like December's whipping boy is here, and it's gonna be as someone who loves himself some video game drama. Oh, this is it. This I is the good stuff. This is it, Chief. Oh, one more, one more. Okay. You you know how during E three, Bethesda, uh, I do believe it was Todd Howard himself actually says the nuclear launch codes will be difficult to get. It'll take people a while. Not only were they obtained by players in the first day, but the nuclear launch codes for decryption are not dynamic. It's the same code across servers. <laughs> so all you have to do is just tell someone in like a Discord chat, here are my codes, what are yours, here are your codes, and then everyone has nukes. Everyone has nuclear launch codes. That's why they crashed the server on the first day, because it's not programmed to project that many nukes is this... going on. <laughs> Is this secretly like 
Metal Gear, the final chapter of Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> Cause that's like Skullface is like, oh, you know, arm the world, and then it it shall be torn asunder, and then it shall be free. I like Bethesda games, but my, what happened? If you what launch, if you here? launch, five hundred nukes, um, <laughs> it turns into Skyrim. The, it, it just. We didn't even cover that you can't uninstall the beta from the game unless you buy it because the actual root code of the game stays on your computer locked into your hard drive because it doesn't know how to uninstall. That is a broken product that they launched. To be fair, I want to be very fair to Bethesda. One month before release... They did uh, release that open letter to the public saying, like, this is going to be a very buggy game at launch, but we hope you'll enjoy us for the ride. Please don't take us to The Hague. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) From now on, whenever a video game company does that, I'm just going to assume the absolute worst. Like... If you came out ahead of the launch and you said like we're sorry, <laughs> yeah. If, if the if the the if your like million dollar PR uh, like team is telling you like we have to tell them how fucked this is or messed up, we have to tell them how bad this is a month in advance, and that's the best strategy. That's the, boy. That's your, that is your ace in the hole. Oh, Billy, we uh we got some problems, folks. Well, you could watch videos online of people playing like the beta in the live game, and yeah, there's some. Whew. Uh, I have yet to run into like any normal YouTuber I watch whose reviews I trust that has said positive things about the game because as they're playing it, you're watching the bugs happen. You're watching missions break. You could watch that horrible marketing campaign with Rick and Morty and some rapper whose name. Oh is boy, we didn't even. Oh, we didn't even talk about that stream. I gotta go to bed here soon, but man, that's it's it's pretty cringe. That was, that's uh, as far as the uh, um the let me tell you you know, sneak preview of our game of the year pod uh the t- 2018's cluster f- of the year award um cluster something uh <laughs> i'll just bleep is, these out is it, it's it's gonna be a real uh well <laughs> it's a real it's a real cluster let me tell you that uh it's, it's so bad that one individual who is l- leading this category has d- overperformed and has literally broken the category thus creating his own entire separate category are you talking his, about who I think you're talking about? Uh, yes. Oh, his, yes. For his own screw-ups, because he's... It was that bad here, folks. 2018 is rough out here. <laughs> I'm in the trenches, like, digging through all this to bring you the best of the... The best of the worst, but... Man. Milkshake Duck is... Is Fallout 76 the Milkshake Duck game of 2018? <laughs> Super mutants are people. Super mutants? Are, no, they're not. They need shot. They they need shot with lasers. <laughs> On site. That... We we. I I need to go to bed. Okay, except for Fox. 
I, I got you, Fox. You're my man. All right, let's go ahead and close it out. If you guys enjoyed our podcast, please go ahead and give us a review on iTunes. That helps us out. It, you can leave yes, some words. That would be that is the best single best uh, praxis you can for uh, boosting our uh, podcast and helping us out. We would if you uh, have some reviews, we and would like to leave them. We would greatly appreciate it. So. iTunes, wherever you get it, whatever you get your podcast, please leave us a review and we would, again, greatly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this has been Unscripted Gaming with me. I am Ray. My name is Mike. All right. Peace.